0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trend centers, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. After a surge of consumer trust in the food and beverage industry during the early days of the pandemic, when stakeholders risked their health to help keep store shelves stocked and supply chains moving... Consumer trust in the industry globally fell a staggering 12 points over the remaining of 2020, according to the 2021 Global Edelman Trust Barometer for Food and Beverage, which was released last week. The global survey of more than 33,000 respondents across 28 markets found the food and beverage industry was not alone in losing consumers' faith last year. The negative shift occurred across almost all institutions – including NGOs, government, and media, all of which were assessed far more harshly than business more broadly. Indeed, the report found business was the only one of the four that still qualified as trustworthy, even if just barely, and as well as competent and ethical. In the U.S., the drop in consumer trust in the food and beverage industry specifically was wasn't as sharp as the global level with a seven-point drop compared to that 12 points. But the research found nuanced trust gaps across ethnicities and among employees that speak to broader shortcomings in the food system that stakeholders must actively address in order to reclaim good standing with most Americans. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Edelman's global food and beverage lead, Megan Van Summeren shares what drove the dramatic swings in trust in the food industry last year and five areas of concern that she says will require immediate stakeholder attention, including systemic gaps in innovation, inclusion, information, incentives, and investments. She also outlines four steps industry stakeholders can take immediately to begin rebuilding consumer trust. So, for the most part, Americans over the past year have been on an emotional roller coaster. And the ups and downs many people felt reflect their increased curiosity about food and the growing awareness of how it's produced and marketed, all of which influenced their perception of and trust in the industry as a whole.
1: So, when we go back in time and we look at sort of what happened in our 2020 spring update, Um, We saw, which was around May, and this was about the time that everybody was starting to go into lockdown, we saw an enormous spike in trust across food and beverage. And a lot of that was it was driven by grocery. It was driven by food makers. And what was fascinating is that really when we look back and we reflect on it and we deconstruct that a little bit, a lot of it was the hope and the heightened expectations that we had in the industry to step up. And, and to you know, help us fill our cupboards, make sure that our you know, Deliveroo or Uber Eats or insert your favorite delivery service here is going to arrive. But also that the safety and the security, all of a sudden we had more conversations around the safety and security of, of workers than we've ever had before as consumers and but also the the respite right going into the kitchen to connect with your family or to just have a break from the boredom or to power bake or to make your own latte because you were missing it so desperately like all those things became so important to us those essentials and but with those essentials we also started to see the heightened kind of backlash or media coverage of factory workers not being safe or getting COVID or questioning the safety and security or even the inequity that started to manifest, whether it was from food waste or food access. And I think that started to drive some of these fluctuations. Um, And also, it was just a volatile year. When we look back at the state of trust overall, not just in food and beverage, but overall, it is reflective of that emotional roller coaster that we've all gone through. It was down in every single industry. It was down in every single institution, other than in business, in business in general. Um, and again, we think a lot of that was, was sort of drive, driven by the business employee employer relationship and this move toward trust being much more local and much more familiar. Those fluctuations and those declines in trust almost represented an increased curiosity that consumers started to have around the industry based on being exposed to things or being made aware of things that they hadn't maybe been of before.
0: Companies that have seen sales surge during the pandemic may be tempted to dismiss these fluctuations and this dramatic drop in consumer trust as just another crazy number in a crazy year, but Summerin warns against such a flippant assessment. When we
1: think about trust, we think about trust as a future indicator sometimes, right? So maybe it's not reflective in your immediate business, but there are watchouts, right? There, This is an indicator for where could there be some sort of rough waters to navigate in the future. That said, the one data point that continues to stand out for me as a bit of a rallying cry for the industry is that we continue to have nearly a 10-point gap in equality from the informed public to the mass population. What I mean by that is there's higher trust the more informed and educated the sort of public is or the consumer group is. And when you look at that, you can argue, well, it's not not the worst in comparison to other industries. It's not the best. Um, But when you think about food as an essential human right, it's so fundamental, it's so universal. The fact that we have had this nine point gap, this nearly 10 point gap, for a number of years now, so it was 2019, I think it took a little bit of a decline, but it's had about a three year kind of trend. That to me continues to be a problem that we have to solve for as an industry. And then you add on top of it, the heightened curiosity and awareness of some of these issues that maybe were percolating, but weren't as prevalent. And I think that does start to create a little bit of a perfect storm, particularly for the future.
0: With that in mind, Summerin says Edelman designed the report to not only track consumer trust, but also to explore ways that industry stakeholders could improve their standing. Through this exercise, the report identified five major gaps that, if addressed, could solve many of the issues that contribute to consumers' current distrust. The first of these gaps is around innovation, and that goes beyond just new product development, to include system innovation,
1: we identified a number of actual system gaps, the root causes that are underpinning many of the issues today, and they're not they're not at all mutually exclusive. First one, which I think is the probably most massive, which is the innovation gap. And you think about um, how so much time and energy in the industry is put toward new product development, but how much time and energy is being invested in how we reimagine. Who's making the products, how they're being made, and how they're being distributed. That to me is where we have a significant amount of work to be done. But again, we're seeing it, particularly when you look at some of these kind of disruptors and challengers coming in and saying, I know there's a better way. You know, whether it's um, toast ale doing it from a we're going to brew our beer from from bread waste and then we're going to open source that process to any other brewer i think that's a fascinating kind of approach to say there is a better way and here is that better way <laughs> and now we're going to make it available to others
0: the second gap identified by edelman which is closely related to the first is around inclusion and ensuring that communities most in need of system change Are represented in production and other industry roles
1: and when you look at the inclusion gap the same the same exact thing has unfolded which is we have this massive opportunity and need to adjust the balance so that the communities that are most in need of some of these improvements are actually represented throughout and not just in the kind of early stages of the growing and the farming but actually in the latter stages of the boardrooms and we need to balance that out so that all communities are being served with innovation, not just from the products, but from how they're being received and the information around them and how accessible things like nutrition um, can feel to those, to those communities. So I think that diversity, inclusivity element
0: is, is such a massive one. The third gap identified by Edelman centers on information access. Consumer interest in where food comes from and how it impacts their health and that of the planet reached new highs during the pandemic, and in doing so, shone a harsh light on the lack of information and transparency to make sustainable and nutritious choices.
1: Information gap is a fascinating one in my mind because there's so much that um, businesses and, and particularly big global brands can do in this space, and you're starting to see it in some of the younger, I think, more disruptive brands as they're entering the fray. And just take this idea of making nutritional information fun and accessible, right? This is a way to start to solve that that information gap. We tend to come at um, some of these necessary kind of movements around food, whether it's um, reducing food waste, whether it's eating you know, better for you options, whether it's smarter planet options, and sometimes we speak to and connect with people at a level that is so assuming, you know, that they are an informed kind of, um, you know, connected individual into all these trends. When actually sometimes it just needs to be broken down to and made accessible and made enjoyable to people. So there is a lot of organizations that I think are doing more to make nutrition information feel accessible to people. And that also means price point, right? That's, that's obviously the information around making healthier choices, but also not necessarily always carrying a price premium to it.
0: The pandemic also fueled consumer interest and sense of urgency around sustainability. And as they learned more about the options for improving the environmental impact of food, many also became frustrated and distrustful of industry players that weren't adopting that technology. Edelman identifies this challenge and opportunity as the incentive gap. This is this notion
1: of how do we incentivize that system innovation that I spoke about um, in a way that actually people can apply it. So oftentimes we talk about um, innovation, but are we incentivizing, for instance, in the agricultural space in the farmers to actually adopt and deploy these things? Or are they going to be losing their, losing their shirts on that in order to actually implement this? So how are businesses getting involved to offset and help incentivize some of that? One of the probably nearest um, examples that I have to hand is companies that help farmers move to organic and help help whether it's the training, the education and offsetting some of the expenditures against that. Um, and, and I, and I think that probably is one of the probably easiest examples in terms of that is a cost investment to make that shift. And how are those, how are those growers and farmers being incentivized to do that versus carry the burden solely on their own?
0: The last gap industry needs to address is in investing, not just a new technology, but consumer education so that they can understand, are excited about and buy into new advancements.
1: It's about balancing where we're investing, not just even the money, but the information and the education, you know, and how are we ensuring that we're investing um, the financials, but also against the right topics that are gonna make the most difference and and impact. Great example to come to mind is plant-based. And when we look at some of the players entering that fray and, you know, yes, this this is science, for good and innovation for good, but making sure that you know the purpose and the sustainability narrative isn't um, isn't overwhelming. That this is still food at the end of the day, and well, that's this idea of accessible information, right? So bringing people along for that journey. That these are delicious burgers that you can enjoy and are going to make a positive difference. Um, versus, and I think there's been a lot of course correcting in this space but versus the, let's just talk about the science or let's think about the ingredients and the story of some of these ingredients. So there's an understanding of the health and the nutrition associated with those ingredients and an awareness and a transparency around that. So I think that's actually a really good um, example of how you can look to something that is going to be quite game-changing, but bring everybody along the journey with you and not just, again, the, the sort of early elite adopters.
0: Effectively tackling these gaps will require collaboration across industry, but it will also require companies to look internally at how they can leverage their employees as ambassadors to build trust, inspire innovation, educate outsiders, and even drive investment. Unfortunately, the food and beverage industry has not historically had what Edelman calls an employee trust advantage, which means employees are not more likely to trust their own industry any more than the general population. However, Summern adds that appears to be changing.
1: What started to change this year is that when you asked people if they how they trusted their own company, their own employers, there was a much higher trust advantage. And this was actually 7 points higher than last year. So and it was the highest increase across all industries and actually that increased because you can argue oh well maybe it's upper management and there were lots of bonuses and it actually was um upper management middle and lower so it was across the board and really what this was indicative for us and what this told us is this really is a more trusting internal audience dynamic that actually brings enormous opportunity in terms of building trust in the industry but from the inside out Now the flip side of that is we've also seen a massive increase in um, employee activism. And so there is a real desire for um, employees, in particular food and beverage employees, to have a voice in what the future looks like. And if they don't agree, they are much more likely to speak up than they were even a year ago. And they're much more likely to voice those objections. So that was, I think, really interesting data in terms of power of that relationship, but also the um, desire for the food and beverage employees to make a real difference from within and to make a positive impact and to be more likely to talk if, if they don't feel like it's being made or if they feel like they're objecting to it.
0: While tackling these gaps and leveraging employees to win over more consumers may sound daunting, Summer encourages industry stakeholders to take the process one step at a time, beginning with what Edelman identifies as the four ingredients for building resiliency for the future. The first of which is a simple self-assessment, followed by empowering employees, leading with the facts and acting with empathy, and finally offering consumers fact-based collaborative content.
1: The first step in the process for your business, for your organization, for your family of brands, look at and understand kind of, and even if it's a qualitative assessment, you know, across your stakeholders, what is the state of trust, you know, and really look at it, not just from, well, we're performing well. But where, if we think about the you know, trust in what we do for people, the trust in terms of how honest and transparent we are, being trusted as it relates to innovating and adapting based on where trends are going, how are you delivering against that and against all of your stakeholders, not just your consumers? then it's about looking and saying wow we've got this internal force you know our employees and they are powerful and they're amazing and they're and they're bright and they're probably across generations and and hopefully across ethnicities and so let's bring that diversity of thought into our future road mapping so that we aren't just the 1% that's defining what the future looks like and then it's about again we always talk about the balancing of um, facts and and sort of the credibility and the science but what we're all longing for right now is the sort of human compassion component to it as well right empathizing with what people are continuing to experience um and bring those two things together to really serve and solve and then the last one is the collaboration point right be open to collaborating be open to saying you don't have to have all of the answers but maybe if you guys if 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 groups of people and companies can rally around some of these challenges um, together, and maybe it's, you know, baby steps.
0: If you're interested in learning more about the consumer perceptions and trust in the food and beverage industry or business more globally, you can find Edelman's full trust barometer 2021 report at www.edelman.com slash trust 2021 dash trust dash barometer. You can go there and see all the different sectors of trust that Edelman has explored. With that, we reach the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next time for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.